I'm glad we're together today in this space. Uh, my name is Mark Cummins, and I'm the pastor at Church of Hope. And if you're a regular attender, welcome. So glad that week after week we join together in this space. And if by chance this is your first time, I'm really glad that we're beginning our friendship today. Uh, understand that this broadcast literally goes around the world for free. See, we believe that life's at its best when people discover hope in Christ. There are people who give generously so this broadcast can be reached across every continent. If you've never given, I would invite you today to give. You can go to our webpage, hopeinocala.com, and drop down on the giving bar and give a one-time gift. Or you can give generously beyond just today. And if God's blessed you, help us as we give hope around the world. But for now, I want you to open up your heart and your mind. Let Jesus speak to you because what I believe is that when we open up our minds and let Jesus speak to us, life doesn't become perfect and all the problems don't go away, but you experience his presence in you, with you, and for you. Open up your heart. Let Jesus speak to you today. Peace. 2,419,200. Now, I'm not going to ask you to add those numbers up, right? But what does 2,419,200, and 28 have in common? Guess? That's how much time in 2024 has already passed. 2,419,200 seconds, 40,320 minutes, 672 hours, and 28 days. So how's it going? New year, new you, right? How's those resolutions going? It's amazing how the New year quickly becomes this year. <laughs> it's this year, right? It's kind of like all the good intentions are kind of starting things up. And, and it's not just the new year. It's like life. There's a lot of us, right? The, the idea, the concept of leveling up, getting better, understanding this is where I am and this is where I need to be. And what do I need to do? And we make promises to ourselves. We go to seminars, we read books, there's a podcast, we try harder, we work more, and then throw in the whole spiritual component, component right, that I, I, I want to level up with God, I'm, I'm kind of here with God, I've got a few things that I'm not real proud about, I've got a few things that I know I probably shouldn't do, and I probably should do better, and, and so now I want to level up with God, and I want to be better, and you get to a certain point, and you just get tired, of being better, 
How do you get better? You've tried, but before you know it, the new year becomes this year, and it's just the same old thing all over again. There's a story, it's a historical story in your Bible. It's Acts chapter one. The entire book of the Acts is the historical line of the beginning of the church. So if you've got your Bible, Acts chapter one, and uh, you find the disciples. This is Luke who's writing in Acts chapter one. We're gonna look back at the actual gospel that he wrote in just a minute. But if there ever was a group of guys who wanted to level up to do something significant with God, it would be the disciples. But we're gonna discover in their lives and in our lives, we don't have what it takes to level up, to work harder, to be more, to do more. And let me just put this in play. There's not one human being alive today. You, me, us, those joining us online, nobody has what it takes to live the Christian life. But a whole bunch of us are trying really hard. You're working at it. You're trying to do more. But it feels like we just get more and more fatigued. We get more tired. We get frustrated. There has to be a better way. I asked at the end of 2023, what type of topics or Bible studies or books of the Bible that you would like to study this year? And the number one topic was the Holy Spirit. I know in my own life that as a pastor, I started in 1990 and I've wanted to level up. I've wanted to level up and be a pastor that grew from where he was to where I need to be. I wanted the church that I pastored to level up. I, I wanted people in the community to level up and to know Jesus. And so I would say, what do I need to do? And I'd hear about this church in Chicago that was really popular. So I would go up to Chicago to a conference or seminar. You've probably done that in your workplace. And then I heard about California. So I went over to California and went to that seminar. And then I got this book and I read that book. Then I heard about my friend. He was a pastor on the other side of town and how, how his church was leveling up and there was success and there was growth. So let's have lunch together. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna level up and I, I keep working and working and working. And, and then I find myself stepping out into 2024 and the reality is that the country in which I live is farther from God than it's ever been. Uh, those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, it seems as though we're more tired and fatigued than we've ever been before. There's got to be a better way. Uh, look in your Bible, Acts chapter one. Luke says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, circle that in your Bible, the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Guys, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, 
which you have heard me speak about. He had been teaching, we will see this, that before he goes to the cross, he's teaching his disciples, boys, you don't have what it takes. So I'm gonna ask the Father to give the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the guide, the comforter to come alongside of you, to empower you. Notice verse five. When John baptized with water, they were all eyewitnesses with the time that John had baptized Jesus with water. But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of confusion about that statement today. There's some denominations that think that to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, you gotta speak in an unknown tongue or you gotta have some type of external manifestation. We're gonna lean into that space in the coming weeks as we look and see what God has to say. There's other denominations that don't talk about the Holy Spirit at all. When I, when I went to Bible college in Pontiac, Michigan, we were in a theology class. We were talking about God, the Trinity, and my professor, Dr. Carr, he said, now boys, he would call us that. He'd say, boys, um, it's okay, you right? You talk about God the Father, we kind of get that. You're gonna talk about Jesus. But then he said this, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, never talk about the Holy Spirit from the pulpit. Now, back in those days, there was a pulpit. There was this big wood pulpit. And you kind of hid behind in case people were mad at you so you could hide behind the pulpit. But he said, don't ever talk about the Holy Spirit from the pulpit. Being the inquisitive young man that I was, I raised my hand. Welcome back, Cotter. Horshack, I got a question here. I could just see it on his face. Oh, great, Cummins has a question. <laughs> Dr. Carr, why can't we talk about the Holy Spirit from the pulpit? <laughs> and I'm telling you, he tells me this. He says, because if you talk about the Holy Spirit from the pulpit, the charismatics will come and take over your church. <laughs> Dr. Carr, got a question? What's a charismatic? <laughs> I had just met Jesus in the Marine Corps. I didn't know all this denominational stuff, right, that was going on out there, right? I kind of just thought the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're going to kind of divide them. Third time here, third time here, third time here. But over time, there's been a lot of confusion. And so we're going to lean in and understand this incredible gift, God himself, the Holy Spirit that's given to us. But notice, let your eyes drop down to verse number eight. The Bible says, but you will, he's promising them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That had not happened yet. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, if anybody should have been courageous for Jesus... It should have been these guys. They've been hanging out with him for three years. I mean, they were there when like Lazarus, he's a dead dude. The whole family's like, please do not unbury him. The body's stinking. He's been in there for four days. And Jesus says, rise. And Lazarus comes back to life. They saw it. Blind eyes that could not see, he touched them and they could see. Deaf ears couldn't hear. Boom, they can hear. They saw the miracles. And now... They saw the crucifixion, but it's four days later, 40 days later, and they've seen him. They've been hanging out with him for 40 days. If anybody would not have been afraid to step out 
and be bold for Jesus, it's them. But he knew, Jesus knew, that our humanity does not have what it takes. The pressure at some point would push in on us or in our own good intentions and efforts, we would try to work it up, but in the process, we would get wore down. So when it comes to leveling up, write this down and understand, the only way to level up in following Jesus is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. And my prayer over these next several weeks, as long as God takes us in this series, is that we will embrace and invite the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to move from where we are to where we've always dreamed to be. So you got these guys, right? He says, you wait why would Jesus say, you wait? Because he had watched how they had responded after he had been crucified. They were really wigging out. I mean, they were really afraid. After Jesus had been crucified, he arose from the grave. The women went to the grave that first morning. They noticed he wasn't there. The word's beginning to spread, but not everybody had seen him yet. And so there were a couple guys, they were walking from one town to another town, and Jesus shows up and he starts walking with them, and they're having a conversation. It goes something like this. Look what the Bible says in Luke 24. He, that's Jesus, asked them, what are you guys talking about? What are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, noticed the emotions. Their faces are downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Dude, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? Notice Jesus. What things, he asked? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Now, those are good, good compliments. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word. He could, he could speak and people's lives seemed to be impacted. Indeed, he did the miracles. But hear me now, there is a gap between saying that Jesus is a prophet and Jesus is the Messiah. I think for a lot of us, we, we embrace, okay, yeah, Jesus, he, he was here, he was a historical figure, and yes, I realize that yeah, you know, we have the Christmas moment, and we've got the Easter moment, and all that kind of stuff. But for some of us, we're caught between being a fan of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. There's going to be a football game today. And in that football game today, there'll be fans. They'll be in the stands. And the fans are happy when their team's winning. When the coach is calling the plays that they want called. As long as the outcome. Followers. It's not dependent on the outcome. There's a decision that's been made. It's a declaration that I'm all in. I think there's a question that we need to wrestle with 
those of us who would claim to be followers of Jesus. And here's the question. Are you a Palm Sunday or a pick-up-your-cross follower of Jesus? That's a good question to ask yourself. Am I a Palm Sunday? You know Palm Sunday. Everybody's excited. It's like the football game. There'll be cheerleaders on the sidelines, right? On Palm Sunday, they were cheerleaders, you know. Ready? Okay. Here comes Jesus. Yes, he comes. Here comes Jesus. Hip, hip. Hooray. Jesus, Jesus, he's our God. It's Palm Sunday. He's coming into town. By Wednesday, same cheerleaders. Crucify him. Crucify him. Take him out. We don't want Barabbas. Take that Jesus. Shut his mouth. It's a Palm Sunday. Christ follower. God's your vending machine and you take your little quarter of prayer and you pop it in and you push the button of what you want God to do for you because really you God and he's just your errand boy. That's a Palm Sunday. The most embarrassing day in the history of Christianity is Palm Sunday. I've never really understood, and I know I'm gonna ruffle some of your feathers, but just love me nonetheless. We don't have the children walk down the aisles with palm branches on Palm Sunday. Somebody started that back in the day and they said, Ma, this looks like a good idea. It's a terrible idea. Because on that day, Christians were revealed as following Jesus when he did what they wanted him to do for them. And I suggest to you in 2024, not much has changed. Many of us are all about some Jesus as long as he does what we want when we want him to do it. But when you level up from a fan to a follower, you move from being a Palm Sunday Christian to a pick up your cross Notice what Jesus says in his own words in Luke chapter 9. Then he, that's Jesus, says to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And you don't do that in your own strength. You don't forgive somebody who's betrayed you in your own strength. That's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't look at your income and say, I won't steal from God. I will tithe and give an offering because God owns everything in my life. You don't do that in your own strength. You only do that in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in you, with you, for you. When the temptation's on and you could do something and get away with it, it's not your ability to resist that temptation. The Bible says, submit yourself to God, 
Resist the devil and the temptation will flee from you. It's not about resisting. First, you what? Submit to God. You invite the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to encompass you, to indwell you, to empower you to resist. So my hope and my prayer as we go along over the next several weeks is we invite the Holy Spirit to level us up from being a fan to a follower. Here, let me show you something else. Back to Luke chapter 24. As they, these same same group of guys that were walking with Jesus, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, hey, 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 stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with him. Watch this. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Notice verse 31. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. See, they were there. The night in which he was betrayed, before he went to the cross, and he took the bread and he broke it. And he blessed it. And he gave it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Then their eyes were opened. It wasn't their intellect. It wasn't the sermon that the preacher gave the Sunday before. It wasn't the eloquence of the Sunday school teacher. It wasn't the worship team. It wasn't the youth pastor. It was the words of God himself that opened their eyes. In our everyday life, you and I moving, leveling up from discouragement to encouragement, it will be the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that takes us from those real feelings of discouragement where courage has evaporated from our lives. When things happen in life we don't understand, when you gather with your family on a Saturday and you bury your second grown adult child, a death that's out of order. You're not supposed to bury your children. Your children are supposed to bury you. When the company tells you that although you've been with them for many years, your services are no longer required, that discouragement is real and it's deep when someone betrays you. But then somehow you begin thinking that somebody, your spouse, your friends, the pastor, somebody needs to do something and say something to encourage you. But when you have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit living in you, you're able to experience encouragement internally before it comes externally. And there's ever been a time where we need to learn how to let the Spirit of God internally encourage us. It is today. There's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of injustice. Right has become wrong, and wrong is now right, and up is down, down is up. I remember when we lived in Brunswick, Ohio, Emily 
my firstborn daughter was very young. She was beginning to, to walk. She had been crawling and a rare time, my dad had actually come over from Pittsburgh to visit us there in the Cleveland area. And, um, and, and Emily was, you know how it is when they're trying to begin to walk and you, you, know, you, you, you don't want them to fall too much, which doesn't make too much sense, right? Because they got that big old diaper. So if they were to plop down, it's like, it's padding anyhow. What's the big deal, right? But you know how you, you kind of sit on the couches and, and they're kind of walking and they're kind of waddling and everybody's clapping. You're doing so good, Emily. Look at she's taking her steps and people are all excited, right? Well, she was doing that for a bit and she was now kind of toddling walking, right? And so I started having a conversation back with my dad. He's talking to me. Linda's talking to us. And we stopped paying attention to Emily. Emily, she was used to us all applauding her. She gets kind of waddling in the middle of the room. And she's just kind of stuck there. And then she starts clapping for herself. My, my, my prayer is as you go through some really hurtful moments because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, when it's really broken and it's really hurtful, you'll experience the presence of the Spirit. God's given us a gift in Psalms 46. Write it down. You'll need this this week. It is my go-to when I feel defeated and discouraged, when those voices inside of my brain tell me what I'm not and what I can't and all the mess-ups and flub-ups in my life and who do I think that I am, the Spirit of God uses Psalms 46 in a remarkable way. God is, make it personal, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, Mark David, I will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her. God will help me at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar, and oh, how they are. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. My God lifts his voice. And the earth melts. The circumstances and situations of this earth melt the Lord Almighty is with us. He's with me. He's in me. He's for me. The God of Jacob is my fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says... And this is hard. Be still and know that I am God. I wonder how many times I've missed God because amidst of all the circumstances, I've tried to take control. I've tried to fix it. I've tried to improve me. 
better version of me. Listen, when I became a follower of Jesus, Jesus doesn't make my life better. You can't make what's ruined and flawed better. That's why the Bible says I'm a new person. I've been born again. The old is gone. You don't make Mark David Cummins better. You had to make me new. I've become born again by the presence and the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit who now lives within me. That's the only way to level up. It's the only way to level up. Going to need that gift this week. Someone's going to need Psalms 46. It'll be 10 times better than that shot of whiskey or tequila, view of porn, or that passive-aggressive negative thing that you say to somebody that makes you feel better. I'm telling you, Psalms 46 will give you hope, the presence of the Holy Spirit within you to level up, to take you from where you are to where you've dreamed to be. Let me give you just a couple more that I'm praying that God will use our time together today and in the coming weeks. Notice John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood amongst them and he said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed. Just like God breathed in Genesis chapter two, the breath of life causing man to become a physical living brain, God breathed the spirit of God into them to come alive spiritually. That's how you level up from fearful to faithful. They're locked behind closed doors. The fear is for real. There's something in your life that has you locked up. Locked up and locked out from what could be happening in your life. And I just want you to know something. Nothing can stop. When you invite the Spirit of God, nothing can stop, prohibit the Spirit of God coming in and giving you peace. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, fear of man will prove. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoso puts their trust in the Lord shall be safe. Fear, the mind begins thinking about what could happen and the mind begins to trigger all kinds of physical manifestations. Your hands begin to sweat. Your heart rate begins to go up. They did a study in 1966 at the University of Massachusetts. A psychiatrist, Simon Epstein, and he wanted to measure what would happen. There were a group of students who were given introductory lessons about parachuting. And so... They learned how to jump out of a plane, and so they put the parachute on, and they put these students in the plane, and as the plane took off and began to climb, the heart rate of those students began to go up, which proved what he thought, that as the plane would climb, their heart rates would go up. What he didn't expect was this. When it came time for them to jump out of the plane, 
which doesn't make any sense to me at all. But when it came time for them to jump out of the plane, as they jumped, the heart rate monitors were on them. After they had jumped out and pulled the ripcord, and as they were coming to the earth, their heart rate began to decrease. Proving to what many psychiatrists will tell you, it's the fear of the fear. It's when you were afraid to make that business call, you finally made that call and it wasn't as bad as you thought it was gonna be. When you went and you had that difficult conversation with somebody because you were afraid they were gonna be upset with you and actually it didn't become as difficult as you thought it was going to be. It's the fear of the thing. That's what's happening. The disciples, they're afraid of what's gonna happen to them because they just watched the Romans crucify their savior, their Lord, their leader. And if the Romans can do that to him, just think what they can do to us so they're locked up behind closed doors. After the Marine Corps in 1988, January, I enrolled at Midwestern Baptist College in Pontiac, Michigan. And one of the ways they trained us is they gave us a bus route and a bus and my partner, his name was Jens Broughton, we would go into these backward neighborhoods, some really rough places in Pontiac, Michigan, suburb of Detroit, and we would knock on doors and ask families to let us take their children to Sunday school uh, at Emmanuel Baptist Church. And back in the day, they, they, they would do it. They'd give you their kids, right? And it was pretty rough, and we would see some things. Um, but I'm telling you, I was always, always afraid of it. Oh, always afraid. I was sick on Saturday morning. I was nauseous. I was in the toilet. I mean, I was just like, I was, I was afraid. And so we'd get out on the bus route and we're kind of walking down the street. I think it's where I developed my fear of dogs. There's dogs everywhere and they're gonna come and eat me. They're all of the devil. I mean, I let my mind just go and then we'd walk up to the door and I'm gonna knock on the door. They're gonna come out with a shotgun and just shoot me. They're not gonna send their kids with us, right? And I, I remember, and then I remember moving from uh, Pontiac, Michigan down to Brunswick, Ohio, and they gave me another bus route. And I went out, my heart still. I, I remember when I moved to Clarion, Pennsylvania, and I went to go meet with the football coach at Clarion University about coming on his staff to be the chaplain in my heart. I, every Saturday morning, I would give a, kind of a, a pep talk, so to speak, but a Bible talk, a spiritual talk, and my heart would always kind of beat and, and things. Hey, I remember three weeks ago, I'm out in Idaho. I was afraid to drive, so I hired a driver. He's driving me from Victor, Idaho, back to Idaho Falls Airport. Now, this driver had picked me up two weeks earlier, and I, you know how it is, you do this kind of small talk, and it's kind of like an, an, an Uber, and, and we're doing the small talk and that kind of stuff. While I was in Victor, he picked us up to go to the Brolin's grocery store and get our groceries. We went snowmobile riding one day. He came and picked us up, and, and I'm making small talk and what he does, where he's been, all that kind of stuff. But in my heart, I'm saying, Cummins, you gotta talk to him about Jesus. Well, it's time to go back to Florida. We're driving back, and I'm kind of asking questions and making small talk, and then I, I started to pivot. I am telling you, my heart I mean, just going crazy. I mean, he might pull his trek over and look at me and say, you Jesus freak, get out of my car now. He might take my daughters and my wife and kill them. 
I mean, I'm, when you're afraid of something, your brain will take you everywhere. And so I kind of, I not kind of, I pivoted to it, and I said, you know, you know, life's kind of t- difficult and challenging, and there was a time when I didn't really understand life, and someone shared the story about Jesus, and, and I started following Jesus, and, you know, not church, but Jesus, and I said, how about you? You got anything, you know, in your world that's kind of like, you know, spiritual? Do you come from a faith background? And No. <laughs> I, I tell you that story because the only reason that I got past that fearfulness to faithfully share Jesus. Pontiac, Michigan, Brunswick, Ohio, Clarion, Pennsylvania, Davie, Florida, Ocala, Florida, Victor, Idaho, is the presence of the Holy Spirit giving me faithfulness. It's not a guy named Mark. It's not something that you work up from the inside. It's what God does in you and through you. Here's the final thing I'll give you this morning is this, is just praying that he, he, will, he will level us up from being hidden to being known. I, 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 when I moved here 16 years ago, one of the compliments I would hear all the time, you know, getting to know people, particularly like men and businessmen, a lot of times you hear people say, oh, he's, he's a good godly man not really even sure what that means. He's a good godly man, not a lot of definition. It's kind of like when the disciples didn't know that Jesus was walking with them. They were like, yeah, you know, this Jesus guy, you don't know what's going on, man. He was like a prophet and man, he, he did some good deeds and he said some good words. There's a difference between the generic good godly man and being known unapologetically as a committed, pick up your cross follower of Jesus Christ. It's leveling up from being hidden to being known. Listen to what Matthew chapter 10, the words of Jesus. This is from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, body, and soul in his hands. It's leveling up. Not being afraid of what someone's gonna think of you at work or making sure everybody likes you, you don't wanna ruffle anybody's feathers, but living your life in a way that you're known. It can be challenging. Because on the surface, it might not, might not look like there's anything alive. <laughs> I don't know in your house, maybe there's somebody who likes flowers, likes planting flowers. In my house, there's someone. Her name is Linda. And she'll come home in the springtime with these flats of flowers and other kind of plants and bushes and stuff. And I don't know if you've been, it, it ain't cheap. And so I'm always like, I can't, okay, she's going to spend, right, right? Happy wife, happy life, blah, 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 blah. Keep your mouth shut, Mark. I remember one time I was, I was driving home, and I, I, don't, I must have had a bad day. And so I'm, I'm coming home, I kind of came around the little bend, and there's my house. And I just saw what was flowers in the spring and the summertime. It's all just dead. It's brown. There's no life. 
And I was just, I was just done with it. I was going to take matters into my own hands. Thank you very much. And so I parked my car. I got out, put some gloves on, and I'm starting to rip all them things out. I'm going to throw them all away. About that time, Linda comes rushing out the front door. Can I say what you, the word you said first? All right, I won't say that part of the story. She, she, she said, what are you doing? Those are perennials. What's a perennial? It's dead. No, you don't understand. Under the soil, there's a bulb. And at the right season, that bulb will sprout to life again. Leave the bulb in the soil. And my prayer over the next several weeks, to those of you who are Christ followers, things on the surface might not look exactly how you want them to be at this season in your life. My prayer is that you will believe that the Holy Spirit of God is alive and you'll leave the deposit the Spirit of God was given by Jesus when you became born again, and you'll let the Spirit of God come alive, bring vibrancy and color into your life. That's what leveling up will look like. And to those of us in this gathering, you're on light right now, and you have not yet become a follower of Jesus, hear me. Because Jesus Christ was buried in the earth, what looked like death three days later conquered death, conquered your sin. If you would but ask him to forgive you of that sin and invite him in to be the savior of your life. Would you stand with me, please? In my closing prayer to all the Christ followers, I ask, I encourage you, would you invite the Spirit of God to level up in your life starting today and over these next several weeks? I don't know exactly how that looks in your life. Invite the Spirit that you want God himself, the Spirit of God, to do something afresh and anew. No more going through the motions. No more trying to work and might your way forward. Put the fatigue behind you and let the Spirit of God Do in you what you'd never be able to do in yourself. Would you have that prayer with him this morning? And then second, if you're here and you've not yet become a follower of Jesus in this prayer, just like I did yesterday at a celebration of life, people stood and spoke words of gratitude of John Allen Alvarez. But the most powerful thing that was spoken was John Allen Alvarez had put his faith in Jesus Christ. You can have all kinds of success on this side of eternity, but if you do not have the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of Almighty God through Jesus Christ, all those words and all those accolades and all this earthly success will be buried with you. It's only who we are in Christ Jesus that lives forever. And so in this closing prayer, 
choose Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we have gathered together today. We have sung songs of worship of you. We have prayed. We have opened up your word. We've invited your Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, you do only what you can do, changing us. For the man or woman who's here, who's never leveled up in salvation, Holy Spirit, would you lead them to pray this right now? God, it's me. Forgive me. Save me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And today, I invite you to take over my life. And Holy Spirit, to all who are praying that prayer today or anywhere in the world, may they have the peace that passes all understanding that now they have become adopted into your family. Then I ask, Holy Spirit, would you right now move on every Christ follower? Would you remind us that you are in us and you are with us, you are for us? Would you give us a fresh awakening that it's not by our might and it's not by our strength? It's not about our our good American work ethic. It's but by you, the Spirit of God. I love you, and we need you. We pray everything in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God bless you. Peace. Thank you. Being together in this space today is really good. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you today to start following Jesus. It's not about your behavior. It's not about your church attendance. It's about the reality that Jesus is for you. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Would you right now pray this prayer with me? Hey God, it's me. I've sinned and I know it. And I can't fix me. But today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. I believe that you died on that cross for me and that you were buried for three days and then you became alive again. And I invite you into my life to guide me and direct me all the rest of the days of my life. And with that prayer, my friend, welcome to God's family. I'd like to continue our friendship. If you would email me, pastor at hopeinocala.com. I'll follow up with you and together we'll celebrate Jesus in your life. Peace.